I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's a wild, wild through a goal. Swansea beyond Fodringer. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, Fodringer yes. United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box, Adolfi. He can hit them. And he does. Oh! Adolfi! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast, and pre-season's done. That's it. There's no more practices. Well, there is, because they've got friendly on Tuesday, but no practice for us to see uh, until the season, and then the season starts. Coming Saturday, away at Stoke. There's been movement as well. There's been signings since uh, since we last spoke, and probably two more coming very shortly, uh, which we'll cover as well. Um, it's been a good week. Uh, Mick, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, all good. All good. Fantastic. And I have a big win today as well. Yeah, yeah. If you ignore the Grand Prix, it's been a really good Sunday for Mick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I ignore most of the hours sleep for most of it. So yeah. Uh, and Danny's back with us. How are you doing, Danny, mate? I'm doing all right, thank you. How's everybody doing? Well, very good. Uh, we'll start with this question, though, Danny. Powermad says, how was Barbie? Um, um, yeah, it was uh, fantastic. <laughs> it was especially fun when the nuclear bomb went off. <laughs> very good. I was only missed that Danny spoke to Matt Taylor on Thursday. Yeah. On the Radio Chef thing, Matt, Danny, Danny asked one of the questions um, before going to see Oppenheimer. So very good. Was, was up, I assume Oppenheimer was very good, Danny. Yeah, it was fantastic. When you sit down, you don't feel like it's three hours um, mm. until you actually stand up at the end of the film. <laughs> That's when you realise it's three hours. But no, it was it was really good. It was um, not really what I was expecting because it was more about the man and not the um, the objects, shall we mm. say? Um, but no, it, it was really really good. Um, completely blew it out at the park. That film it was fantastic. Good to hear. So that's a recommend recommendation from Danny for you all. Um, Dave Lawton's with us. Nicola Jew, Kim Haywood, Powermad, Neil Jordan, Harry Kelwick, a few other people. Thank you for being with us. First of all, I'm going to start by sort of letting everybody know who haven't already seen us on social media what our plans for the week are because it's the season, week of the season starting. So we decided to make ourselves even busier 
um, which is great news for us. So we've got tonight's today's show, which is just going to be the general review of the two friendlies and the signs that we've made in the last week. On Monday night, we will be doing part one of our predictions. So if if, any, if you've watched this in the past, you'll you'll know it. So who you think is the best player, player of the season, top scorer. Um, I think there's eight or nine categories I've, I've put through. So everybody who normally comes on the show will be joining us over the next couple of days. Uh, so we've got me, me and Mick on both days. We've got Kev and Tom tomorrow, on Monday, sorry. And on Tuesday, Danny will be back with us with Joy and Will Daniels as well. We also have Lee, uh, Lewis Oldham's prediction where he can't make the shows, but over the next part one and part two, we're going to Tuesday, which will be live, so you can join in those. And then normal preview, our first, pre first re preview show with Thursday to preview Saturday, and we've done a scouting report that is returning from this week. That'll be out as its own special episode Friday before the game. Um, so, yeah, busy stuff. And also, I'll add into that, if you want to get your predictions on the show, get in touch. Simon Thorne's already sent his predictions across. We'll include those into the episode as well. So if you, if you, fancy, if you fancy letting us know, you can do video from your uh, contacts on social media, and we'll tell you how you can be involved in those episodes um, over the next two days. I'm going to shoot this up. If you want to do it, get in touch quick, because, you know, it's Sunday already. Um, right, let's start with start with the signings, Danny. Um, Fred Onyusin, on I've, I've said this name so many times, I've forgotten how to say it. <laughs> That's wrong, isn't it? I mean, it could be worse. I mean, I was calling Dexter Derrick um, for the whole of uh, for the whole of Saturday, so that was quite embarrassing. Um, should we just call him Fred and Dexter? Just we'll call him, yeah, we're going to start yeah. Fred. We're signed Fred on your dimner, on, on your dimner. That's what it is. Um, he has signed on loan for the season from Luton, Danny. Um, I think that's a really, really good sign. That's another really, really, really good signing. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, <clears throat> we saw him um, in action against uh, against Lincoln, starting action as well. So he's come straight into the team, um, and I thought he played really well. I think um, he put himself about, made the runs, um, and he seems quite tricky and composed on the ball. And it's almost like Chio never left because he'll get into that good position and then just overcook across a little bit. Um, <laughs> But it's it's a I think it's a fantastic signing from Luton, um, and yeah, it, it's just coming together really well. Into the signings that we've made, they've all shown the worth as soon as they've touched the ball, really, haven't they? Mm. And and Fred's just the latest one to do that. Um, and like I said, we saw him in action. I saw him in action a little bit against Lincoln, and again, it's like, wow, how have we signed him? <laughs> It is, Mick, and, and that's what we've needed. Obviously, he can, play, he can play out wide, which I think is his primary position. And we've been saying for weeks that that's the area that we needed. He's got that pace. Um, delivery needs some work, obviously. Um, but that's to be expected. We're not, we're not signing We're not signing Chio or Benny. We're not going to do that. You've got, to, you've got to find something else. But this guy seems like a, a pretty solid replacement, to be honest with you. On paper, anyway. Uh, well, not only on paper, but the sort of eighty minutes or so, seventy minutes or so that he played on uh, on Saturday, um, he looked he looked decent quality. He's got some pace. Um, you know, he's in, he was involved in the uh, the third goal, I think, in the build up for mm. the third goal, was he? I can't remember now. Um, I think so. No, oh, well, that might have been Dexter. I can't remember now. It was around about that time. Anyway, whatever, whatever. Um, you're right. It's it's like almost as if Chio didn't hadn't gone into it. Um, because you've got the same 
<laughs> you would appear to have based on those seventy minutes. Obviously, that's not not a great uh, a great sample size, is it? But you know, he's got the pace. He's he's he's, he's probably more defensive minded than Chio. And he's got a similar sort of ability at putting the ball in the box as well. <laughs> you know, if you didn't, if he, if he was a little bit better at doing that, and he may well be. So, like I say, it's it's difficult in it after that seventy minutes. Um, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd be he'd be playing for Lincoln, uh, for um, Luton in Premier League. But mm. um, listen, it's quality. He's, he's a, it's, there's no doubt he's a quality Championship player, um, as are all the signings that we've made. Mm. Believe it or not. Which is unusual for us, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, Danny. This is not. We're not. We're not. To go back to the Chio example, we're not signing somebody who can't get in Brentford's first team when they were in the Championship. <clears throat> you know, we're not signing the castoffs from other teams uh, from other Championship teams. This is a guy who got promoted last season. He played in the playoffs. This wasn't somebody who was you know cast out in the Championship. This is a guy who played a lot of, a lot of times in a promotion winning seat this season. We've got Hugh Glue who's got promotion experience. We've got Sean Morrison who's got promotion experience. Now, obviously, I'm not saying we're going up, but it's an it's it's experience and example of how good these players can be if part of the right team. So it's it, then that feeds into players who don't have that experience, like Rathbone, for example. That experience then feeds into those. It's crucial to have those players, and it, it's good that we're weird, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, uh, we said a bit ago that we sort of um, saw what Matt Taylor was doing, you know, like sort of like packing out the defence and midfield a little bit with, you know, your experience at this level and players sort of know the division a bit more. And then, you know, like um, putting your, your loan your loan signings, your more upfront signings as the um, as the loan players from like Premier League teams or top end champ teams will like have a point to prove. And I think that's the case with them. Um, with Fred, he's still got a point to prove, even though he went up with Luton. Um, he still wasn't in the team like week in, week out, cementing his place. It was sort of like um, <clears throat> the player who contributed massively off the bench. Hmm. So, like, he wasn't quite in the first team fold. So, he's still got something to prove at this level. And um, they've said that they like where the club direction is. They like Matt Taylor's vision for the club. And you know, I, I don't think we'd have made these signings two, three years ago. That's not a dig at anybody. I just don't think we were in the position to do that. Um, but Taylor's obviously sold us really well and these players have bought into his idea and um, they want a piece of the Rotherham United pie. And like like we've said, he was in the, the playoffs with Luton and now he's come <clears throat> into the stereotypical relegation dogfight with Rotherham. So the players must think something is different and they won't be in the scrap all season because you know they wouldn't sign, you know. Um but yeah, like I said, packing up the players with proper quality. I mean, even with Dexter as well, he's a he's a young lad from Wolves who again has as a point to prove. Um and they're the players that are gonna dig in and show you what they're made of. And I think they've both shown that so far as well. I'm just happy. Mm. To be fair, we finally yeah. signed wide players, haven't we? You know, we've been saying we need to get wide players in, and now we've signed um, effectively Harding's um, <clears throat> the new and improved Harding, new uh, new and improved slightly younger Harding, um, and then replaced the unreplaceable Chio in a sense from mm. the same club that Chio's gone to, which I think is quite yeah. funny. Um, no, it's fun. It's fantastic. I'm loving it. Probably mm. we've been promoted. Cafe again been promoted a couple of years ago in the Nottingham Forest. Um, this is the I can't believe we talked about this in the podcast, mate, but I'll mention it now. This is the benefit of waiting. 
for the right player. I, again, I can't remember, but if, if we look last season, we signed Connor Washington and Tom Eves very early. I think both before preseason started. If not, I think Tom Eves maybe 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 a few days into it, but it was very, very early. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that because you want you want your players in. You want to sign your players, so you've got a full preseason with them. That is the idea behind it. But if you wait and get a bit of luck, obviously, you always need a bit of luck. But if you wait and get the players that you think are quality at this level, this is sort of what you what, what you what you can get. Uh, and it, it, I, the season hasn't started yet, but it feels a better way of doing it. Uh, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the proof of the pudding will be, you know, mm. come October, where are we sitting bottom on three points, or are we, you know, are we are we in the mix? Um, but but yeah, patience is a virtue, as, as they say. Um, and we, we we were all saying this, weren't we, at the beginning of the summer? You know, when everybody were crying and crying and crying that we hadn't signed, you know, a, a full new squad or whatever. Um, you, you you have to wait. You have to wait. You have to accept our place in the pecking order. Um, and and if you if you're able to do that and accept where we are, where we stand in terms of where you know which players want to go where, then then the, at this point you've got to accept that we've had an unbelievable transfer window. You know, mm-hmm. because the the quality that's been brought in so far is way in excess of. Of, of anything that we've brought in in the past, realistically. Well, you know, some of them have obviously got, gone on to, to play really, really well and, and be really, really good players like Victor and, and Ollie and everybody else. But, it, you know, at the time that they they came in, they were inexperienced players and we've brought them on. These are players who've got bags and bags of experience um, and their quality as well and patience. Patience, my son. Patience. Absolutely, we're not done yet. Um, as Palmad, uh, as sorry, as Scott Kent says, worst side in the league according to the second tier. That does it hasn't stopped a lot of other people. I think Gab Sutton's predicted us to finish bottom. Uh, second yeah. tier haven't predicted. I haven't seen exactly where they predicted us, but they picked pigs as bottom, haven't they? Second tier. Have they put, have they put them as bottom? Well, we'll be yeah. second bottom then. So we must be second bottom. Mm. Um, but again, Danny, again to come on to it, that's because our business has been. Patient, not slow, patient. Our squad isn't finished. And if, if, if you've made those predictions even four days ago, five days ago, that prediction needs updating because the two players mm-hmm. we've got in since then are exactly what was missing to, to stretch out the squad properly. Yeah, um, and I think, like, like you say, we've been patient, but also quite smart in our, mm. um, in our recruitment. I mean, just using Plymouth as an example, and Ipswich, to be fair, they've sort of taken the approach of throwing money at it. Like, all right, they have got um, bigger fan bases and all, and are in more of a position to throw money at it. Um, but you know, Plymouth have, have have broken their transfer record. Nipswich have sent have sent one and a half million for um, for George Hurst, who isn't the best at Championship level. Like we've seen that with us and with um, oh, where was he? Um, was it Blackburn? Where he was? Blackburn, like poor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he sort of like kicked uh, kicked off his. Um, his goal scoring exploits more. <laughs> 50 P's run out on Danny's meter. <laughs> oh, it's a new season, but same Wi Fi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll come back to hopefully Danny comes back in a minute. Uh, she also put out they've got us 20, they've got, got us um, QPR is 23rd, so obviously got, uh, second tier got us 22nd, which is 
Yeah. All right. Um, John Michael says nobody would complain about us finishing 19th for him, but one or two additions could see uh, mid table. Wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. I think that's I think that's just about right. We can talk about Dexter Lembekista. Lembekiska, I think that's how you say it. We're going to call him Dexter because yeah. I know that name. Um, there's not much to say about him, to be honest with you. All, 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 only thing to say is he's been keeping Wes out of the Jamaican national team. Mm. That's it. That's all you need to say. The Jamaican national team think he is better than Wes Harding. Yeah, I'll take I'll take them at the word. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You've got to, don't you? You know, and and he was at he's at a Premier League club as well. Whereas obviously Wes hadn't been there, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. He's a young kid, um, and if we think back to Brook Norton Cuffey last season, he didn't really cut it for us. He he went on to to do all right at Coventry, but for us, he was a little bit hit and miss. Um, so it, it's going to depend on 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 his mental approach to it and whether he's mature enough at, at this stage to to be able to cope with a championship season. We'll have to wait and see on that. Um, because it's tough, isn't it? You know, uh, it is really, really tough, particularly when you're under the cosh, um, yeah. which is where we are expected to be this season by everybody, which is which is great as far as we're concerned. I mean, that's we, that's how as Rotherham United supporters, that's what we love, isn't it? You know, we want to uh, we want to be the underdogs. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on him, won't we? But he certainly looks a really, really good prospect. Mm. He's going to be in it. I mean, he's an international footballer and he's signed for a Premier League club. He ain't going to be a slouch, so no. um, we'll have to wait and see what he can do for us. Yeah, I mean, the, the last time we had a... I think right, the last time we had a player on loan from Wolves was Ryan Giles. And Ryan Giles turned out to be a pretty good championship player. Yeah. Um, and Nudico, I think, we had as well from uh, from Wolves, didn't we? Oh, sorry? Uh, did Nudico come on loan Nico? from Wolves? Yes. No, no, no. They did signed him. He went to Wolves, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. from Wigan, I think, Dicko. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah. If the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um we don't we can't really comment on him. Everything you look from people that are Wolves fans that are sort of in the know that sort of watch the other teams and most seem positive. They seem mm. seem excited for him to get proper sort of first team football under the belt. So let's wait and see. We, yeah, we can only wait and see. Yeah. It's exciting though. It is exciting to sign young players, always is exciting to sign young players. Um to, to touch on the other two people that are on their way, Mick, mm. Andre Gray, we'll talk about the shift night game in a minute, um, but Andre Gray, Green, Andre Green, Green. Colour. Colour. <laughs> <laughs> Andre Green, by all accounts, when Paul Davis is essentially almost a done deal, international clearance, because his registration is held by uh, Slovenian FA, probably, I think that's where yeah. it was at, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that does need international clearance, and Christ, uh, Christ Tihihi, um, is also on his way, but again, the red tape that's coming through there. That's two really good players mixed adding to they got another striker in Andre Green and uh, Crest, I think is a central midfielder as well. Yeah. Two really, really good additions that were they're, they're with us, really, aren't they? Yeah. Good and, you know, take take yourself back 12 months. And if you just got one of those coming through, no, you'd be you'd be as, as giddy as oh, wouldn't you, you know? But you've got two of them coming through the door in addition to the ones that have already come through. Um, it has been, assuming that these two get signed and sealed eventually, it will have been an amazing summer of recruitment for us, I think, anyway. And we won't uh, be done. Say again? And we won't be done. That's not the end of it. No, no, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, 
and and let's be honest, these players are not going to come cheap. You know, they're they're not League One rejects, if you like. Rejects is a strong, not the right word, but they're not sort of top end League One players who who are looking to looking for a chance. You know, these are these are players that are, are experienced at this level or higher, um, and they are quality. You know, Andre Green's played for England up to under twenties. You know, it's not just, you know, we're not we're not talking about like I said, top end League One players. So. It's it's been quality so far. Really, really impressed. Yeah, and the the names that <laughs> you get some names that are linked. We obviously Billy Sharp's the one that's been around, but there's certain strikers, other strikers that have been linked to us, um, which excite you. They might have, they might not come to anything, but they're loans. So they're, this this is the time when loans start to properly come in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and given the fact, given the quality that's already come in, that kind of attracts or can attract more quality. You know? Well, exactly, yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. It's really, really interesting, and 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 I don't I don't want to use the the, the excited word, but it is quite exciting mm-hmm. uh, to see. When was the last time that you came into the first game of the, of the second tier season, sort of feeling like this, feeling as positive as you are? Oh, uh, should I positive? <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> saying that. <laughs> I know, right? Hang on a minute. You misquoted me there. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Excited. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't. I'm not. Temp- I'm not one for tempting fate. You know. Um, but yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember when it was. In a little while. I mean, although I do remember being pretty excited when before the season started with Alan Stubbs with some of the signs he'd made. Mm. Well, there you go. That lasted about forty-five minutes. At half time in the first game of that season, when Alan Stubbs was here, and we were two 0 up against Wolves, having played them off the park. Yeah, we did that. I'm thinking, hey, this is game on here, <laughs> and then it all. That's probably why, because I thought, hey, up game on. And yeah. then it was my fault for uh, for doing that, but but yeah, mm. anyway, yeah, we'll see. Um, Paramount UK says we don't know the wages, though we can only guess. But Danny, these kids, these kids, these guys are not going to be on a grand a week. Cafu's <laughs> going to be on a good amount of money. Um, the, the, this it feels like Tony's pushed the boat out. These are only loan signs, but there are loan fees, there are wages to pay in with these ones. But this feels like the budget has increased. We don't know exactly, but that that's what it feels like to me, anyway. Yeah, it um, <clears throat> excuse me, it feels like that to me as well. It's almost like. Like Tony's increased the budget without showing us, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Because it seems to be like the thing in football about who, who can spend the most money on a single player for the transfer fee. You know, I think, is it Man United who signed someone for about 70 million or something like that? And then you've got the Saudis offering 130 <laughs> odd million for Mbappe. Whereas we, us, we, <clears throat> we live within the means and it's just quietly ticking over and we've brought in these quality players. Um, for like you said, not low wages, not your stereotypical Rotherham wage of about four or five k a week. I mean, we can only guess that Cafu must be in the echelons of ten potentially. That's a story. Um, and yeah, I think that's where the budgets increase. We've sort of looked at them and gone, "We'll we'll pay you this amount, but get them on a free." You know, mm. so it's sort of like the sort of like the the um, what's the word unorthodox way of doing it in current football terms, you know, you get you get your quality on a free, 
and pay him a bit so you can pay him a bit more rather than having to pay the fee for him. I think the only one that's rumoured to be any sort of fee is uh, Christ Taihi, uh, and that's in, in, its, in its own world at the moment. That's just ticking yeah. away slowly. Um, but I think I saw it on Twitter that uh, there's a potential that we've paid a fee for him, which again took me by surprise because we've only really mm. brought in frees or re-signed people at the minute or on or signed them on loan. Um, so so yeah, it's um, I think it is evident that Tony has increased the budget for this season, but we're spending it in the background of of the things like the things that you don't see. You know, it's never like undisclosed fee. Or anything like that, it's just oh, by the way, we've signed this person, you yeah. know. And um, if that's how we conduct business and it keeps us signing quality players, then personally, I'm all for it because it's not really about how much money you chuck at a club for a player, it's how much money you're willing to spend to get the player. And if it's mm. on a free, then you can spend a bit more on, on the wage, which I'm all for. Yeah, mm. yeah and they're all short term as well. Uh, but looks at their age, I think. But, but again, if, if something like Cathal keeps you up and has a good season, it may not stay with us the season after. But we will have stayed up, which means we are in a better position financially to maybe go for somebody else a little bit younger and a bit, a, a bit more long term. I, I suspect that's the uh, the plan. That's, that's that's what it seems anyway. Let's talk about the games that happened. Uh, let's start with the Sheffield United game, which was feels like age dynamic Tuesday. <laughs> um, Andre Green, did he mean it, Mick? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've watched it back from obviously there's not a lot of video of it, it's just mainly people there on the phones. But you know, as soon as that ball leaves his foot, he's turning around to look where it's gone. Yeah, exactly. you know? so I don't know. I mean, if he means that, and I think Kev mentioned it on Twitter at some stage, probably the best goal I've ever seen at New York Stadium, just a remarkable goal. Um. I don't know. I, I think it. I think the reality of it is, it was probably a bit of a percentage effort, weren't it? You know, yeah. might go in, might might end up on somebody's head. Uh, but technique-wise, it was absolutely outstanding. And and not only that, it, it's it's having the presence of mind in that position to to be able to get the and, and ability to to be able to get the ball into the danger area. As it turned out, the danger area with the back of the net, but. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, for me, yeah, absolutely meant it. Mm. Um, and it was a, a, an outstanding finish, so move on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, I think it, first of all, Danny, I think he meant it. And first and second, I agree. It's the second best goal I've ever seen at New York. And, and the reason I think it's the best is because I said this to Ben at the game. I think if you take another stunning goal, let's take the Alex Ravel goal. If you gave me a million tries, I think I could do the Ravel goal. No, yeah, take me, take me a few goals, but I think I could do it because it's it's from distance. It's I, I could do that. I think I could not in a million years even <laughs> think to do what Andre Green's done. It's just beyond what I bear my imagination. That's why I think just one of the best I've seen. Oh, if we're bringing uh, percentage of probability into things, good grief! Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could say that for a few other wonder strikes that have been scored at New York State. I mean, take Adolphin's goals against. Um, Blackburn and <clears throat> and against Borough. And I mean, even um, Cafu's goal against Lincoln City, you know, it's one of them where it's just like, if you gave me enough tries and say three years, I could probably score it. Um, but with, with Andre Green's goal, I mean, when you look at it back, you can understand both sides of the arguments. You can understand him just trying to flick it back into the area and hoping, you know, hoping for the best. You know, we've seen a few goals where it's been played into the right area and it's caught everyone, including the keeper, out 
and it's been scored. It's like Chio did it last season. Uh, was it last season or whenever it was? He's played it through the middle. No one's gone for it. The keeper's not yes. gone for it, and it's gone in the far corner. But it were on the floor, mm. even with Ferguson's corner. You know, it's been played into the area, but it's caught everybody out, including the keeper. Whereas with this one, <clears throat> Andre Dreams got. You can see he's got something in his mind of what he wants to do. Whether whether or not that's score the goal or or get it into the area, we'll, we'll probably never know, and he'll probably never admit to unless you <laughs> get him um, like poke him enough for an answer. But for me, it's the it's the intuition just to for it to come off Hugel and to make that split second decision of I'm going to back I'm going to back heel this into the box, and and then Watch it was in or, or I'm going to back heel this, try and show myself off a little bit, and then and then score. So. I'm still on the fence whether he meant it or not, if I'm being completely honest. But what you can't take away is that that's probably the best goal ever scored at New York Stadium. Mm. Like not not significance wise, because there are a yeah. few that top it significance wise. You know, like Frex against Oldershot, Adolphin against Middlesbrough, um, even um, who was it now? Was it uh, was it Jerry Yates against Norwich? Which was Paul Warren's mm. first win as yes, well. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So there are, there are a few significance-wise that may top it, but in terms of the sheer quality of the goal and the fact that social media lost its mind, and I am now personally putting my name on the petition to have a pre-season Puskas award, right? <laughs> um, that takes the biscuit. And to say he was on trial scoring that, it's like right, contracts on the table, mate. <laughs> I would look on the table. I would look at the rules for the Pushcast Award and I can't see anything that says it needs to be a competitive game. What um, is it? I've never heard of it. It's the best goal of the year by, from any competition. It's just... Uh, uh, they'll probably it, give it De Bruyne again, won't they? Yeah, it's, yeah, he seems to win it all the time. Yeah. Uh, did David Ball win it once for, when he were at Fleetwood? Am I thinking, so, uh, certainly somebody who played for Fleetwood won it once. Um, okay, might be right. Now you've said that, that rings a bell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if anybody at FIFA wants to get in touch with us, we'll... Uh, Talk about a campaign about getting that, yeah, yeah. that, up, that up and run. Um, Scott Kent, Kent says, Carla Saba says, if he meant it, he wouldn't be on trial at Rotherham. What does that mean? What does that mean? I mean, I've seen that. Is that our first teams like Rotherham in the comments section? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, Carla Saba obviously is, is doing some work for Radio Sheffield. He does, mm. he does a bit of punditry for him for, for the Sheffield United games and everything else. Surely. What, what does it mean? <laughs> I mean, why not just say what you think instead of instead of trying to be sort of all passive aggressive about it? Just say Rotherham a crap and, and, and he's, he's crap as well. Mm-hmm. It's essentially what you're saying, isn't it? It is basically what you're saying, yeah. So in, well, why beat around bush? Pathetic friendly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, on terms of the Sheffield United game, Mick. It was the first. It was first only for hours away. I was away, so I couldn't watch the Lincoln game yesterday. So I won't talk about it, but we will talk about that in a minute. But it's the first friendly I've watched the full ninety minutes of. I really, really enjoyed it. I know we won. It's easy to say that after a win, but I thought it was just a really, really good performance. There were so many individual moments where you think, "Oh wow, if this if that works in the season, the mm-hmm. that's going to be really, really good." Oh, we're, we're really good here, Cafu, Rathbone, everything else. It was just quite an enjoyable experience and a, an enjoyable game to watch. And not what you expect in a pre-season friendly either, I don't think. No, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. It, it was it was enjoyable for a friendly. Um, you know, you can't take a massive amount from it in terms of um, in terms of the opposition. I think that was their first pre-season friendly of of their campaign, weren't it? Because their their season don't kick off for a couple more weeks yet. So 
Um, so, so, so from in that sense, you can't. I guess you can't take a great deal from it. But they've still got quality players in there, you know. Um, and, and they hardly saw any of the ball. Um, if I'm if I'm Eckingbottom, I'm not going to be happy with that at no. all. Uh, because because we, we we were able to maintain possession much much better than we have done in the past. Um, the press was there for for pretty much most of the game, which pleased me obviously. Um, and there, there was some some decent moments of quality. Um, Rust, it, I would say Rusty. Rusty's not the right word, is it? It's clearly, still not playing as mm. fully gelled as a team, obviously. Um, but nevertheless, I was quite impressed. Yeah, really impressive. And it, like you said, an enjoyable game. So mm. yeah, all right, that. Yeah, um, this is where I think the real the Cafu turned up, Danny. Um, that guy, the the phrase I'm going to use for him, I will use all season, is, is box office. There's something <laughs> going to happen when Cafu's around the ball. Something's going to happen. It might be a terrible challenge or a stunning free kick, but something's going to happen when Cafu's around. And I, I love that kind of player. He's going to be a fan favorite. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I think he is as well. I mean, after the Lincoln game, we saw how much love he was showing to the fans. So if he sort of embraced us as we've embraced him. Mm. Um, but it's almost like um, the free kick against Sheffield United was the opening, like the opening <laughs> act, the rehearsal, if you like. And then he's just sort of gone, hmm, I've got another chance to do this. And then he's done it against Lincoln. Um, <clears throat> and whilst Barlas was with us, there was always like the off chance that he would score a free mm. kick. Because I think it was uh, Blackpool, Blackpool that he scored a free kick yeah. against. So it was always like in the back of our minds that he might do it again, but never did. But with Cafu, it's sort of like, hey, if we get a free kick that's like 20, 25 yards out, just stick him on it and watch the fireworks. You know, yeah. because it could be, well, I'm not going to say every time because to score every time would mean he's inhuman and he definitely <laughs> wouldn't be playing for Rotherham. Um, but there's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always the off chance that it might go in and to have that bit of excitement mm. build when we get free kicks I mean I saw yeah. again on Twitter I can't remember who said it so apologies for stealing your tweet but um, they said you know it's nice to have a free kick that might actually go in rather than hit the wall or be ballooned into row Z you know yeah. and to have a player like that that's mobile good on the ball is built like a tank by the way um, and also has but an absolute traction engine of a right foot that can just and and the accuracy to put him on free kicks that's fantastic, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and we've got the little tease from the Forest fans with that free kick he scored for them, uh, yeah. and it's like, hey, if he can do that for us, brilliant stuff. And he's already done it in his in pre-season. All yeah. right, in, all right, his mindset might be a little bit different in competitive games. You know, like if it's like nil nil, 80th minute, he might be a bit more conservative. Because, but then, do we have that mindset? Because that's what we're used to. You know, yeah. maybe that changes our mindset of you know, don't shoot, and he shoots and he scores and he wins us a game, for example. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but for me, Cafu was like the encapsulation of what Matt Taylor said. You know, like he still wants us to be a good championship side and to like be a good team unit, but also be entertaining with it. Mm. You know, he just doesn't want to play boring, safe football that keeps points ticking over. Yeah. He wants to play exciting football that, you know, he's like almost deserving of the massive increase in season ticket sales. And Cafu was like encapsulation, a player who can absolutely bulldoze a free kick with, with accuracy into the into the top right corner. 
that's the entertaining side of it, but also there's the other side of the technical football that we're going to play as mm. well. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, Cafe was a fan favourite. And so far, the players that we've recruited and kept a hold of are fan favourites as well. Yeah. So it could absolutely. be a fan favourite team. This. Could be. Yeah. I mean, it's ifs and maybes, and we're only just still in July, you know, so there's yeah. still plenty of football to be played yet. But I have strong. Um, I have a strong impression of this team so far, and I really like mm. it. Yeah, um, Richard Brown says he's got a traction <laughs> traction engine of a right foot. I picked uh, up on that. I didn't want to say. Picked <laughs> <laughs> the metaphor slightly. There, Danny, but, um, it wasn't um, an accidental partridge either. I knew exactly what I was doing. <laughs> And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, on the Sheffield United game, he had a free kick, which was similar distance to the shot. And we went, he's lined up for a shot here. And they just dinked it into a box and it was rubbish. And then we went, oh, it's going to see him again. <laughs> Jesus. Um, also, again, I'm not going to spend all that talk about Caffrey, but his corners, Nick. His yeah, corners, yeah. there is so much whip and pace on them. Yeah, yeah. And even if it's only one out of three that beats the first man, yeah. that third free, that third corner is impossible to defend. It's just luck if you get that clear. Because yeah, it's just yeah. so, so, so quick, so much pace on the ball. It's been quite interesting that with the set pieces. I mean, the, the, the free kick against Sheffield United, I, I, it seemed to bend and dip about four different ways. <laughs> it went up and down, up and down, and then side to side, two or three. It just, yeah. The goalkeeper didn't know what was happening, did he? Um, mm. Corners, yeah, absolutely. Pace and whip, and like you say, if he's if he's beating the first man, there's going to be some goals coming from that, um, and there's going to be some confused goalkeepers if um, Shane Ferguson's playing on the other side, isn't there? <laughs> Somebody's going to know it. Is it coming? Is it going out? So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a quality addition, really, really is, and yeah, and he sits in that midfield and he and he bosses it as well and, and works really really well with Rathbone. Um, certainly yeah. over, the, over the two games, him and Rathbone have, have already building up a bit of a, a relationship in there, um, and 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 it's impressive. So yeah, uh, great signing that lad. Yeah, proper yeah. signing. Uh, yeah, um, that's the midfield three that's pretty exciting, Danny Rathbone, Cafu, and Ben Wiles. I mean, there's 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 all three of those offer you something different. They're not the same player, but there is so much excitement from all three of those. Yeah, there is. I mean, um, <clears throat> in the car into Lincoln, we made a little uh, tune up for for them three. Uh, I won't, I won't disgrace myself, but um, <laughs> yeah. I was quite surprised that we made the tune up, and then it was those three starting in midfield. But yeah, uh, it makes me feel a little bit sorry for Jamie Lindsay again. Um, yeah, 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 he, yeah. he always seems to be the guy who misses out, which is a which is a shame because. 
But then again, you could say the same for Edofin as well. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> but then to have them three and then backups of Lindsay and Edofin, like, for me, that's quite dangerous as well. Yeah. Dangerous in the sense of the Chris the team. coming in as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's like there's so many options for what how we can rotate in midfield, but also it gives us options to rotate formation as well. But mm. you know, if our go to is um Cafu, Wiles and then Rathbone, um I'm happy with that all day long. And you can see oh, how yeah. they could you what, sorry? I I'm just saying yeah. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I couldn't um, keep it in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you can even see how they have potential to combine with Rathbone's opening goal, you know, because mm. they were advancing forward and it's just a little one, two, and then Rathbone just has a pop for him 25 yards and it goes in. You know, it's like very reminiscent of the Stoke goal, but a little bit more fluid football, if I'm being honest. Not just a hoof. Yeah, not Is just a hoof, what, exactly. Well, you you said that on um, on on that on WhatsApp group yesterday, Danny, and, and I didn't say it that way at all. I, I thought I thought he just placed that perfectly. He kind of looked up and just and just beautifully curled it into that. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. Um, I didn't see it that way. But I, you know, I only saw it once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on to Lincoln game, and before we do, we'll this links in to uh, good old Alex Neal. Um, <laughs> oh, why are we going on about this? It's, it's, it's all over Twitter. How 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 can people be offended by what he said? How can anybody understand what he said? You can't be offended. You've no idea what he was talking about. He may have said Rotherham in one of his sentences, but you have no idea what the context was. It might have been "I'm going to Rotherham" or "I've been past Rotherham." You've no idea what he said. It made absolutely zero sense at all. It also didn't make zero sense because it was in a pub as well. Yeah. yeah, well, a Scottish man in a pub, it makes sense that he don't make sense. Um, <laughs> so we've got, yeah, hoof, hoofball. It's your so it needs a subtitle. Um, yeah. The gist <laughs> is that, it, that like, certainly last season we referred to as playing hoofball. Um, and then a day later, Scott Kent says, the third goal was a thing of beauty. The team goal, the run from Cam was quality. Alex Neal will be fuming it wasn't hoof. If he thinks we're going to play hoofball, Mick, we are in for a cracker on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. Let's hope he does. Let's absolutely hope that that's what he expects from us because, you know, he's not going to get it, is he? Uh, no. So, but we'll have to wait and see how that that all pans out. And it's all just a bit of a bit of sort of pre-season banter and fun, in it? When it, when it comes, but when it actually boils down, if you're a manager of a football club and, and you've got these preconceptions of how teams play and don't do your homework... Then you get what you deserve, you? you know. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, I mean, I mean, I suppose as a manager at this stage of the season, it's very difficult to do any sort of homework in it. But um, mm, it might get a shock. I mean, it might not. But I think it might. <laughs> um, Daniel, let's just talk about that. Asked Daniel, talk about the, the obviously hoofball is the is the thing that's sort of been mentioned, but. Have you seen uh, an adaption, a development in in terms of style? Because let's not hide away from it. At times last year we did just go down. We went to Hugo because Hugo held it up quite well. At time, not I, I don't. I think that's an unfair generalization. So we did all the time, but we certainly did do it. Um, have you seen? Do you think you've seen a change in that in the preseason friendlies? Um, <clears throat> I've seen a change where it seems to be steadier build-up play through the middle of the park. Um, 
and then sort of and now now that we've played Lincoln, we sort of see where we were lacking with the wide players and why we had to play players out of position because it does seem to be a case of going through the middle and then out wide, and whether that's the cut back in or then the um, the hoof into the box um, for the um, for the strikes with its usual Kelly or whoever. Uh, to latch on to that seems to be the system that we play, but it also seems to be a case of rotating the style that we play as well. But it all seems to be built around like the midfield core, whether that's mm. going di- direct and playing good football straight through, or <clears throat> almost like the dummy runs out wide and then you create the space in the midfield and then you, then you can go more direct. But so far in pre season, the only hoofball that I've seen was from Parkgate, if I'm being honest, and that's not a dig at, at Parkgate. That's just a case of it were two it were two teams in their first preseason game just mm. playing football and I think football at its root is a hoofball game you know get behind the defense and try and score but with us we've got such a, a solid back three it seems to be more of a back three mm. uh, that we're playing with um they're not, they're not really wing backs they're sort of like more defensive orientated wide midfielders if that's mm. that's a long way of putting it but we, you know, you get what I mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're built around a solid back three. It seems to be a lot more in midfield, a lot more build-up play in midfield. Um, and I like it because it goes against the trope of hoofball with Rotherham United. And I think Alex Neil may have been referring to a previous Rotherham United team because I don't think it's us this season, if I'm being honest. I think the only hoofball will be trying to get it on Hugel's head, if I'm being honest. And the rest of it seems to be steady build-up play. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it does. I know in terms of change, mate, we talk about the third goal. Cam Humphreys found himself in, mm-hmm. in the box. That didn't happen once last season. And it and it maybe surprised me last season that we didn't, because it's clearly and obvious that Cam Humphreys is an excellent footballer with the ball at his feet. He strikes the time player, you could probably put it in the middle of mid in midfield and he'd probably do all right. Yeah, yeah. So it's a surprise that we haven't seen him through there, but he, he was clearly given the freedom to run, make that run forward, link up uh with, with the winger, and then mm-hmm. put the ball into the box. That's Again, that is different to what we've seen in the past. Yeah, it is. And if you watch that goal back, um, he does make. There is a slight hesitation from from Humphreys before he makes the run. Um, he, he, he can all, you can almost see his his brain ticking over, thinking, "I shouldn't be up here. I shouldn't be up here." Oh no, manager told me I can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's a, it's very Man City, isn't it? That uh, mm, we, uh, we um, your centre halves breaking through lines like that. Um, and, and he did it exceptionally well, exceptionally well. You know, I, I, I temper it with the fact that you know we were playing Lincoln, who, to be fair to them, weren't blessed with a massive amount of pace. Mm. Um, so it, it made that it made that run a little bit easier for him. But nevertheless, it was a well worked goal, a really really well worked goal, and a well taken goal from Hugel as well. Um, so it's great to see Cam Humphries getting involved. I, if he had, I, I just wanted well. I'd like him to have more strings to his bow, but not too many, just for the time being. You know what I mean? Wait till window shuts. Yeah, wait till window shut, and then you can add as many as you like. Um, so, but but yeah, to see him up there as well, getting an assist is um, is great, and and hopefully we'll see more of that during the course of the season. Mm. Uh, you know, if he makes that run when you've got the likes of Peltier, Hall, uh, Sean Morrison behind there to cover. Um, and, and then obviously Colin Bramall can slot in on one side or or, um, or Dexter or Fred on the other. You know, it, 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 it's it's just another little option that's open for us. So mm-hmm. we're going to play some long balls this season. 
every oh, God, yeah. team does. I don't think we're going to be much different to everybody else, quite frankly, in, in that sense. We'll still have our reputation for it, and that's great. You know, long may that continue. Um, but it's not actually, factually actu- accurate, is it? No, it's not, no. Um, yeah. Nicholas Skimor says that's what you can do. He has quality on the ball, but it's an extra body. And exactly mm-hmm. what you want to see, uh, though it might catch out the count sometimes. I can imagine it's quite difficult tactically to set it up to allow your right side of centre-half to make that run. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving parts to that. Um, well, it, interestingly as well, they did play on the right of that back three and Peltier mm-hmm. played on the left of it yesterday. Okay. Which, which surprised me a little bit. Whether that's why, I don't know. Um, With Peltier just filling in. Well, Pelts will be filling in for um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, filling in. <laughs> yeah, and if that's Cam's natural position, it, it was like when we saw Bowler on right as a right back on Tuesday. He's did, not a right back, but he was filling in so that. everybody else could do their job naturally. Normally, I did predict that. Just saying, <laughs> you did predict Patrick Bowler playing right back. I, I can't believe it came true. Well, maybe it's because it's yeah, you know. It was brilliant, by the way. Really, he won't stay with us. But Bolo had their had their left back. They were having nightmares. Their left yeah. back. Yeah, it was. Nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, any league one and two clubs just take Taladji Bolo off his hands and play him for a full season. He is going to be a really good player for somebody. Yeah, um, just not in the championship just yet. I just wonder. Um, I just wonder whether, um, given the given the lack of left sided players that we've. Being able to bring in whether he does um, he does remain with us to Ligibola. I hope he does. Possibly. I'd like to see him stay with us um, because, like I say, he is he has got some quality, um, mm-hmm. and the, a season at this level would do him the world of good. I think, yeah, so. probably would. Uh, I should mention JJ got on the pitch for the first time in a little while, which is really really good. Only a few minutes. I think we'll, I think he'll probably go out alone again uh, if we're all being honest with with each other, but. He just needs minutes. He's desperate for minutes, that lad. We all really want to see him have a successful career. Never mind just a Rodham career, a successful career. Um, let's just touch on the EFL. It's not EFL changes, is it? It's refereeing amendments and recommendations. I'm not going to touch about the sort of penalty rules and more. So I don't think that's actually changed. I think it's just a bit of wording. The one that sort of sticks out, and I think is worth talking about, Danny, is the injury, is injury time. Um, mm-hmm. It seems we're going to get World Cup-style injury time. Uh, as you see with the Women's World Cup at the minute, we, we, you see oft, often seeing 10 minutes injury time. Um, I'll put my cards on the table. I think it's brilliant. I am su- I'm such a fan. If we, have to, if we have to have 20 minutes injury time, let's have 20 minutes injury. If we've lost those minutes, I want them back. Uh, that, and I think adding on at the end... We'll stop it. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. November the fourth, when Gareth Ainsworth comes down, is going to be a nightmare. But I think it's I think it's the only way forward to stop people wasting as much time. I, I, th- I think it's brilliant if implemented properly. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say it might turn into um, a Test cricket match if we play QPR. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think it's a good idea as well because it, it's sort of like. Um, Using the format that they're doing rugby, but not stopping the clock. Mm, yeah, you know, because in rugby they stop the clock and you play eighty minutes regardless of how long it takes. But they stop it when they stop the clock when there is a stoppage. Whereas in football, they will probably never stop the clock. It'll just be half an hour's added time. You know, we'll play extra mm. time. Why not? 
Um, but this is the thing that puzzles me. The Premier League and the EFL rejected the proposition of using the format from um, the Men's World Cup. Yeah. But now that we've seen it implemented in the Women's World Cup and it's implemented really well, and they've sort of like backtracked on it and gone, actually, it does work. We'll take it on board. But like a few teams in, in Europe and through UEFA, and like I think it's um, Syria where they adopted it almost immediately. Mm. Like, why did the Premier League and the EFL have to be the dodgy ones that just goes, oh, no, we're, we're going to play our football our way. We're not going to accept it. And now they've accepted it anyway. You know, so it's a bit of a. Talk about backtracking and <clears throat> saying, oh, no, we never said this. We always thought it were a good idea. But no, on a serious note, I think it's a good idea as well. I like the idea of getting the ball back in play as quickly as possible and having the ball on the counts. Like that, um, yeah. <clears throat> um, like that, I think that's a good idea. Um, and now I like this idea of more stoppage time. I mean, we had seven and six minutes against Lincoln. And the seven minutes was a bit of a surprise because you know we're all sort of hardwired to like think <laughs> yeah, the, long, the longer minutes. times like where's he pulled that from? But actually, yeah. it makes more sense because if you've lost seven minutes with the forty-five, you know you've only played thirty-eight minutes of football. You need exactly. your forty-five minutes in your first half. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of it. Well, but like you say, I'm a big fan. It's one of them where I'm a big fan of it, but. If it's not implemented correctly, that's when people stop liking things. For example, I like the concept of VAR, but when it's not used correctly, it's a farce. Yeah. And I've seen in the comments where, even even because it was a, even though it was a preseason game, we would have benefited from VAR in the Lincoln game because their keeper was off his line when Hugo mm-hmm. took his penalty. But then Here again, postcode. Exactly. I, I thought it was just going to run at Jordan Hugel instead of <laughs> of trying to save the penalty. But anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm all for this new rule in football. But like I say, if it's not implemented correctly, that's when we start asking the questions again of officials. It seems to be a drum that we bang incessantly on the Sorry. podcast. Sorry, Mike yeah. Miller's watching. Sorry. Yeah, it's a drum we bang incessantly, but there's so many like different clauses and things now. It's like if the ball's out of play, just stop your watch. You know, and if it mm. and if it says forty five on the board and you've got thirty six on your watch. That's, that's when that's how many minutes you have to add on, you know. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's implemented correctly because it's a good idea. And and the only thing that is with us, hello, Mike. Hello, Mike. And this, in theory, this is a, this is the easiest rule. This is the easiest rule implementation change to implement. You stop the clock. You start the clock. It, it, it can even be done by a third party, by by the fourth official or a fifth official if you need one who says, right, you've lost eight minutes, Mr. Referee, Mr. Stroud, you've lost eight minutes. Tell your fourth official to put eight minutes up. Done. It, it, it should be really easy to sort of implement this. Oh, Keith had been dancing in stands, wasn't he? Keith could get in another eight minutes on telly. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it should be. But the, the, the AFL and Premier League have made it as difficult as they possibly can again, haven't they? You know, because we, we the, the, the issue with this is that there's, in terms of time, timekeeping, the referee himself, he's not in a position to stop his watch and start his watch, stop his watch. You start every time that there's a stoppage in play. He's not in. He's not in a position to deal do that because he's he's dealing with all the other complicated rules that he's got to deal with. So mm-hmm. the, the, the timekeeping for the game needs to be done independently of the on-field referee. It has to be. That's the first point. Um, the second point is that what. There's just a complete lack of transparency in this, and nobody knows. So what that does is, in reality, 
and I'm not saying this they do, they, it's done deliberately or, or, or anything. It, it, it nobody knows what's going on, so it opens up the, the officials for, for criticism. You know, it gives the officials the the opportunity to use their discretion as to when they do and don't stop the clock, and therefore we get a lack of consistency. So the prediction will be, and it has to be, because every every new season we always implement a new rule, and by the fifth or sixth game, it's all gone by the wayside again. The proof of the pudding here is if this is still happening in November when Gareth comes yeah. to town and we are still playing on the following day, you know, we'll have, we'll have to wait and see. But the timekeeping needs to be done off pitch. We need to take away rules uh, roles like that away from the referee, from the actual on-field referee, because it's got they've got enough to contend with as it is at the moment, and and you know the the, the other some of the other rule changes that they've made, I, I discussed it on Twitter the other day about the the offside from a defect coming off a defender, it's just plain confusing, mm. that the wording of it is contradictory, it's just it doesn't make any sense at all, so the, and the and the referees have got all this to consider as well as well as. Well, has it gone out of play? How long has it been out of play? Has it really gone? Has it really gone quick enough to collect that ball? Should I be adding some? T- you know what I mean? It, it, there's too much of it, so it should. It needs to be off field for me, um, and where everybody can see it. You know, virtually every other timed sport uh, in the world is done independently from a clock in a stadium. Everybody can see it. You know, yeah. rugby, American football, even tennis now have got timers on serves and. And so on and so forth. Everybody can see it. You know, the, the technology is there, and it is not expensive technology. So I don't know, but remains to be seen whether we keep it in, in uh, keep it going after what is it back end of August. I also, I think, I think it's a good rule change. But we'll see. Hundred percent, I agree with it. Um, let's bring this back to rather than we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, let's just talk about how you're feeling. Danny preseason ended. Uh, finished with three wins on the row. And what, what, we, what did we score in there? Eight goals in the last in those last three games. Um, only conceded the two at the two at Mansfield. How do you feel? A, a positive preseason? Um, yeah, I think it's a positive preseason. I think uh, it's been a good chance for Taylor to implement his own system with the players that he wants. Um, and it's put us in a good position for the season ahead. But, you know, being a Rotherham fan, we always take that with a little grain of salt because we've had good starts with pre-season before and they ended up being a disaster. Mm. Um, but from the football that I've seen us play so far, I think a few teams are in for a surprise this season. And I think uh, fans asking where the goals will come from. Um, I think I can name a few in Hugel, Cafu, Rathbone and um, Wiles and Kelly. Mm. As well, I think. Agree. Um, so yeah, so I'm absolutely good. I can't go to Stoke because I'm at work, but um, I'll be keeping a sharp eye on this season and because I think it could be something special. I've talked to a couple of people, I've had predictions as high as 12. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I've had possibly, um, <laughs> but I've also had people saying they're happy with 21st and upwards. And I think that's that shows the potential, but also the main target of our mm. season as well. Anywhere above 21st. But if that's achieved, then sky's the limit. Yeah. Mick, same. Similar positive to uh, you know, if we were sat here 12 months ago with the same squad that we've got now, I'd be I'd be I'd be looking at a high end mid table, possibly flirting with top six. 
given the quality of the championship of last season. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not going to be the same this season. It's going to be a much more difficult, um, a much more difficult league. So I am excited. I'm excited by the the developments that have happened on the pitch at the club. Really, I'm excited with the signings, um, and and I think we've, I think, I think with a greater respect to, to people like Gabo, uh, uh, Gab Sutton, I've got a lot of time for. I think I think it's a little bit lazy um, to, to 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 not just him, but. To, other, other other pundits as well of, of, of putting us down at the bottom there. Uh, I think, you know, well, it's to be expected, isn't it? Um, so I don't think we're going to be anywhere near there, frankly. Mm. Yeah. But lots of positivity. Like I said, we're not done. If there's a transfer, Paul, apparently Paul Davis has just put a tweet out where, the, where there's a couple of more Premier League loans coming through. Again, this is when we expected loans to happen. Um, it's no surprise that we haven't signed a loan player until what we're at Thursday, and now we've got a second one, and there's two more mm. potentially coming through. That's, not, that's absolutely not a surprise. Where what those positions are going to be, I haven't seen any names from those. I've seen one name, but we'll, we'll maybe talk about that as and when that that comes through late if it comes through. <laughs> Off a camera <laughs> chance, get him. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll, we'll see on that one, but we'll probably find out in the next two or three days. And if, if we're going to do a prediction show on Monday, Tuesday. Again, by Wednesday, those could be out of date. If we sign two more Premier League players, <laughs> a fast striker and a cracking left back or whatever, they could be out of date. So um, keep your eyes peeled. Um, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm excited for football to be back for a start. Um, but there's so much positivity around the club. So much positivity, which is weird. I know that it's, I know the start is easy to be happy because nothing's gone wrong yet, as we said last season. But it just feels more positive. Maybe this is what it feels like when you stay up. Maybe that's what it is. I think it. I think it's what it feels like when you support a club that that's professional behind the scenes as well as on the pitch, you know. And then things have progressed year on year on year. That while Tony's been in trouble, well, while we've been back at New York Stadium, every year things have got a little bit more professional, a little bit more professional, and so on. Um, and and again, we've we've upped we've upped our game this transfer window from the last transfer window, the one before that, you know, in, just in terms of. The quality of players that we're bringing through the door, but also how it's been handled as well. Um, it's just, it feels like we're a professionally run football club, um, and there's not many of them about. It's <laughs> okay. true, that is pretty true. Um, man, we'll just chat, chat, chat with the in terms of time added on. Mm. It's the time added on for goals, celebrations, subs, injuries, and treatment from those. And penalties support it's made it's meant to be from the moment of the offense to the whistle, red cards, um, and that's stuff on penalties, sorry, and red cards from the time of the offense to when the player leaves the field. That's that's the guideline and what it's meant to be. So, again, let's see, let's let's see the implementation before we come a sort further. I think fingers crossed. Let's hope it's hope it's done. It'd be yeah, great, absolutely. Um. Damien Carwood says, how many season tickets? All I don't know, but it's still record numbers. That's all, that's all we know. I don't have a number. 87,000 plus, and that's all we know. <laughs> exactly, which is pretty bloody damn good, isn't it? Um, mm. Anything else? Anything else we need to touch on before we uh, chill? No, I think we're uh, I think we're done for tonight, mate, because we're on again tomorrow and on Tuesday. And uh, my wife is wondering whether she's ever going to see me again. 
Oh, she, she, she's not a like me, Mick, because I've had a thought. Well, she's really pleased that she's not, but yeah. Um, but it's interesting that there's been no official announcement of squad numbers and yeah. it's less than a week to the season. Like, I don't know if we're leaving it as late as possible to bring signings in, whether or not it's conversations with players about shuffling about numbers. Um, I mean, we've got a vague idea of who's going to have which number from pre-season, yeah. but, <clears throat> you know, it's, sometimes there's a couple of surprises in there. In the, the, one, the one I'm looking for is number nine, which is currently Tommy Yeah, Eves. yeah, that, that'll, that'll be an interesting you. one. If, if there's number nine's vacant, that means Tommy's just well out of plans. If he keeps number nine, is he still in the plans? Mm. And that's only that's interesting. I mean, Mick, Mick couldn't care less. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to see, like, is, uh, is JJ's number going to be shuffled about? You know, mm. is Jake Hull going to be bumped up a few numbers? Um you know, the likes of the, the young lads who have signed professional deals, it's like, is McGuckin going to come into the 20s or is he going to stay in the 30s? Like, I, I'm opposite. I look at the op- the opposite way yeah. to see who, like, gets bumped yeah. up a bit. Um, did, did Dexter wear two yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and then, um, and then Fred wore 14. <laughs> 14 for Fred, and that works quite well. Um, but the, the one thing that I found quite funny from the Lincoln game was uh, Lincoln's number 15, Uh no idea who it is, I'm sorry. But um, he, he sort of had a good battle with Jordan Hugel. And when, and when Hugel went off, it sort of felt yeah. like the right time because if he carried on, he would have lamped him, I think. <laughs> um, and so what do they do? They bring on number 41, who I think is Ares. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, yeah. And, or is it or is it just Ares? I think Ares. I think yeah, Ares sounds more right. Who's, you know, like 18, <laughs> but twice the size of Jordan yeah. Hugel. And you sort of saw number 15 look at him and, and go, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just quiet for the rest of the game. I thought it was quite funny. Um, but one last thing for me it's interesting how good our younger players are looking in pre season. Mm. They don't look too far out of line of the first team at the minute. Mm. Mugukin has had a good pre season, particularly. Mm. Um, go on, no, I just, just 100% agree with Danny there. Um, there, there's some quality coming through there as well, which again adds to that professionalism that the the club's beginning to uh, beginning to show. So it's everything's positive. Everything is positive at the moment. Um, three weeks into the season, when we've lost up three opening games, things might not be quite the same. But um, you know, it's a long old season, isn't it? So if we do go to Stoke on Saturday and lose one nil, please don't be you know till out. Get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, it's only a matter of time, isn't it? Anyway. Uh, yeah, so please do subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. We asked so we will back. All this will be out on podcast as well. The only thing that won't be out on, on the audio platform will be the scan report. That'll be YouTube only. Uh, it's only like a 15 minute thing with something from Stoke, but you'll be able to catch If you subscribe, you'll see it. Um, so, 8 o'clock Monday, part one for the predictions, 8 o'clock Tuesday, part two. And then Thursday, the first preview show of the season, which we're all excited for. Excited for the season to start. Um, so, yeah, thank you all. We'll see you very shortly. And also, if any science comes, we'll talk about those Monday and Tuesday as well, just so just we're here. It'd be stupid not to win it, really. Um, so, and it'd yeah. be nice to have a signing announced whilst we're live on air again, because we had that well, yeah. with Keena yeah. last season. Let's have that again. Yeah. We'll get ready for the transfer window this year. We'll, uh, we've got to do that again, haven't we? When's, that? Mm. when's, when's the deadline day? First oh, of September. First of September. But you can't wait, mate, can you? Can't wait. I did, did, I, did, I get, did I have a yellow tie? Or did, I have to, did I have to wear No, that? just me that the yellow tie. You, 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 wore, uh, you all wear a suit. You, we, we, we make the effort, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, 
Yeah. Let's just let's just go. Thank you, everybody. Please subscribe and everything else. Like I've already mentioned, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, everything. Mick, thank you for being with us tonight. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you very much. And Danny, always a pleasure to have you with us, mate. We'll see you next else. I'll see you on Tuesday. I'm see you on Tuesday. Always a pleasure, lads. Thank you, everybody, and up the Millers. Up the Millers. It's a wild, wild through a goal. Slossy beyond Fodringham. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire derby. And for the first time in 42 years, Fodringham United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box, Adolphi. He can hit them. And he does. Secured their championship status for next season. Do me a favor, drop me off in Rotherham. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.